Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Bitter Rivals Podcast, episode 88. Today is March 12th. I am your host, Avery Roche, along with co-host Gatano Gallo, as per usual. Um, so, last night, the Toronto Maple Leafs slapped the shit out of the Edmonton Oilers, and it was very, very <laughs> fun to watch. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and tell you that I was totally coherent for the whole game because I was definitely not coherent for the whole game. I got bits and pieces, but definitely was not a uh, uh, not a full how do you 60 say minute performance for you? Not a full 60 <laughs> form from me. No, that's for sure. <laughs> definitely lacking in that respect. Um, anyways, though, it, it was a big game. It was nice because uh, last week when we traveled to Edmonton, they straight up beat the shit out of us. They they embarrassed us. They made us look like an AHL team. And it was it was tough to watch. But to get the revenge in, in our home building with all the big guns scoring, uh, Mitch Marner taking over the hockey game. That was that was so so nice to see. That was a hell of a response um, to to the last game against Edmonton. So I I, I enjoyed what I remember. And um, who else did we play this week? We played the Devils this week. That's right. We beat New Jersey as well. So that's a couple of big games against a couple of big game opponents. The Edmonton Oilers who have a chance to win the West and the New Jersey Devils, who everybody knows have been elite this year to beat them both back to back, even though it was a very, very low event week with only two games to, to win those two games was huge. Absolutely. And so, uh, big comeback from the Leafs last night too, because they were down three, one down three, one on a, in my opinion, a couple of bad goals off of Murray. Some people have differing, differing opinions, but I, 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 Honestly, was calling for him to be pulled after the third goal. The first one from Ekholm was an absolute piss missile. You're not stopping that one. Uh, I didn't like McDavid's goal. I did not like Kane's goal. And I honestly didn't see the fourth one they got. But um, he had three on nine shots. Two of them were bad goals from my perspective. So I would have liked to have seen Samsonov gone in. But apparently they didn't need it. They come back. They win the game 7-4 with goals from John Tavares, a couple from Nola Chari, Austin Matthews, William Nylander. Uh, I forget, maybe somebody else scored. I forget. But it was it was a well-put-together game from, from all perspectives. Mitch Marner, like I said, took over the game. That's what he did. He, he picked off Ryan McLeod there, scored an all-world goal that you were even tweeting about last night on the Bitter Rivals account. So I just want to stop on this text. I don't want to take anything away from Marner's finish because it was stupid, absolutely fucking ridiculously good. But what the fuck is that turnover? That was a really, really bad turnover. <laughs> that was a really, really bad turnover. But you know what? That's what Mitch Marner does. He baits you into making those plays and then he takes full advantage. That's what he does. That's what makes him an $11 million hockey player is those plays. Seriously. And, and, like, like, and like I said, I'm, I'm not taking anything away from Marner on that because it was ridiculous. Absolutely disgusting. Yes. But like a straight up pizza down the middle. Yeah, that was three meat, extra large, extra cheese, delivered Stuff to crust. your door, pizza up the middle. Yes. Like yeah. if you did that at the ODR, I'd fucking, I'd give you a whack in the shins, Abe. Like that's yeah, how that bad was, it was. That was not good. Not a good play. But like I said... Great players take advantage of stupid players all the time, yeah. right? And that's what Mitch Marner did. He took advantage of Ryan McLeod, and and that was that. Um, yeah, the the Tavares Matthews, or I guess it was the Tavares goal from Matthews. That was a hell of a play as well. The two on one, 
It was one of the most unique two-on-ones I've ever seen. He had like a wide open clap bomb from right between the, the hash marks. I was like, what is going on here? <laughs> but I mean, but, that's, uh, that's just a symptom of the Oilers defending, I think. <laughs> they can't defend, eh? Like, even, like, Ekholm was a big ad for them, but they're still so bad defensively. And you know what? They don't have goaltending either. Like, Stuart Skinner's a good goalie he's not a great goalie and jack campbell has fallen off the face of the earth this year so i don't know i I don't know what you do to fix that especially considering the contract that you gave to jack campbell i, I don't think you have many options when it comes to fixing that do you not really no so like i think skinner and campbell would be a fine like 1a 1b if they had a better team in front of them a better like decor in front of them. Like I think back to like Colorado winning with Darcy Kemper. Like Darcy Kemper is not like an elite goalie, but he's at least good enough. And I think if you had you know a decor like Colorado's in front of Skinner and Campbell, different story. But they have like yeah. one and a half NHL defensemen in front of them. Well, the the like I said, the Ackholm ad was huge for them. Yeah, absolutely. the Ackholm ad is exactly what they needed. Right, is a stabilizing big body D men who can play gritty hockey especially come playoff time because like i just said they could win the west they're going to hopefully go for a deep playoff run if you're edmonton you're hoping you're going for a deep playoff run especially with dry and mcdavid getting older you you want to make sure that you are equipping yourself for that time who cares about the regular season at home is a playoff type guy right yeah that's a guy that like i said gritty big we saw last night he can shoot the puck like a like what a rocket. That was an absolute piss missile that he that oh, was yeah. the only last night that I was like, Murray, what are you gonna do there? Like that was yeah, just like, like as in terms of goalkeeping, not keeping that one out. Uh your defense though, like how are you letting him walk in and take that fucking shot? <laughs> well, it was from the top of the circle. It was just a perfect shot. And it was it was a it was not a turnover, but uh like just a zone entry it was right off the zone entry so it happens and yeah. you know there you're right there was probably a breakdown there the forward didn't get to their defenseman like they were supposed to but usually guys can't shoot like that to be fair <laughs> like that was on that was what a sh- like that was crazy I, I, that was one of the nicest slap shot goals i've seen all year from any team oh, yeah. like that was electric but anyway moving on um what happened this week in montreal a lot of losing. Let's talk uh, about so it. A lot of competitive losing. That's kind of uh, been the thing here. Competitive losing. Yeah, I, I saw you do double take there. Uh, shootout loss to the Rang- or to the Hurricanes. A shootout loss to the Rangers. Only losing 3-1 to the Devils. It was 2-1 with an empty netter. Like pushing very good teams to the limits, but still losing. So it's been it's been good. We also have been getting uh, a couple guys back from injury. Caden Gooley. Uh, is finally back after missing about 23 games. Uh, already has two goals and a couple assists. So it's kind of good for the tank, bad results would be the best way to put this. Yeah. Um, Bedard is, is really the prize, right? And I yeah. think that everybody in Montreal is well aware of that. So... And also, we were helped out by the uh, Vancouver Canucks and Arizona Coyotes winning a bunch of games this week. So we are now one point out of the bottom five. Yeah. So, but ours getting closer. 
the sweepstakes are are in full effect. That's going to be interesting, man, to see where that kid kid ends up. We'll talk about it more in in later episodes as we get closer to the draft and as we get closer to the draft lottery. But um, I'm excited. I'm excited for that kid to make it into the to, to become an NHL player. Did you see what he said? He he had an interview on TNT, and they were talking about like, do you pay attention to the standings? Do you do you ever think about where you're going to go number one overall and he was like well you know i still got to put a little bit of work in it's no guarantee that i go number one overall <laughs> and the guy the guy looks at him and goes connor i'm guaranteeing it you're going first overall <laughs> like <laughs> see but like i feel like that's just like the typical hockey player response because like yeah it's no good connor connor <laughs> you could break both your legs tomorrow and you're still going number one overall 100 percent like for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like, doesn't break both his legs tomorrow. But you, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. We're not going to know that that's not happening. Um, but like, even after they won the World Juniors, they were like asking him about like his tournament. He's like, no, like I want to talk about the team. Like this isn't about me. It's about the team. Like I feel like that's just that's him, and also gives like it's a very just typical hockey player answer. Can't argue with you there, and. Yeah, I, I love to see, like, the, the, the big talents, though, have a little bit more personality. Like, he's just going to be another vanilla McDavid. Is that what we're dealing with here? Is that what's about to happen? I mean, hopefully not as vanilla as McDavid, but, you know. Like, McDavid is the most plain vanilla ice cream, no-name brand from No Frills that you'll ever see. Like, that's what <laughs> McDavid is, seriously. And I really he's, hope that we don't get another one in Connor He's just straight up, like wonder bread white bread yeah like it's <laughs> you know exactly what you're gonna get and it's the last thing that you want to watch is Connor mcdavid talk like yeah because it's just hockey cliches yeah it's pucks in deep glad to be coming back to my hometown it's not too big of a deal for me though i got lots of family in the stands like yeah it's 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 everything that you would expect him to say he says yeah. it's ridiculous um so we talk a lot about referees on this show all the time we talk about referees and how terrible they are. Uh, different sport, yeah. di- different sport. But did you happen to catch Fred Van Vliet of the Toronto Raptors roast uh, the referee from his game? I, I, I didn't catch it, uh, but I haven't seen. He definitely got fined for that for sure, right? Thirty thousand dollars, which is literally like a twenty dollar bill for you or me to, to Fred Van Vliet. Did you see, uh, was it San Jose's coach that got tossed last week? David Quinn. Yeah, yeah. And he got, what, 25 grand fine for that? Yeah. I I just, I think the point that I'm trying to make here is I I would love to see NHL players do the same thing. Call out refs by name. How great, Wes McCauley sucked tonight. How great would it be? to hear Connor McDavid or Nathan McKinnon or Sidney Crosby or or Austin Matthews anyone come out and say Wes McCauley was fucking terrible tonight was the exact words that Fred Van Vliet used how great would that be I think it would be great we, but... they deserve it the refs deserve it the refs are terrible in the NHL they're some of the worst referees in all of sports they deserve to get shredded I don't disagree with you at all there but I also feel like, especially the way the refs are in the NHL and how the and the league is how like protective they are of them. 
Talk uh, to no, Michael Bunting about that. No, no, how the league, how the league protects the refs. Okay, yeah, that's, no, that's, that's I, what I meant. But like, what we're um, talking, and and how the refs are also like a brotherhood, and they talk, and and yeah. if you piss one of them off, you've got all of them against you, right? Exactly. That's what I'm talking about. Bunting for. Yeah, yeah, and that's and that's the thing. Like, I feel like if because as a Habs fan, like, I would love for the Habs to call out Chris Lee. He is like the worst referee I've ever seen in my life. Just the worst. But like, if the Habs call him out every, you just know every game you get Chris Lee in, and it's fucking like forty a year. Like you're getting nothing. Your players could get fucking murdered on the ice, and he will not call anything. And so it just it's not helpful. As much as yeah. I would love it, I would absolutely have loved fucking like Shea Weber and Ben Chirot to rip him a new asshole in the fucking 2021 playoffs. But it's just, it's just not helpful, I don't think. Yeah, and we've talked about it before. They're just, I think all that really, really, like on a serious note, all that we really need is some accountability, right? I just want to talk to them after the game. That's all we want. That fixes everything. Put them on the stand. Put them in a post game, just like the players do, just like the yep. coaches do. And they have to talk about it. Why don't the refs? Why aren't they held accountable for their terrible mistakes? Why aren't they why aren't they asked about them? That's all we need. We just need to talk to them. We need to ask them, what were you thinking there? Why when he got what, what did you see? Exactly. That's, why that's... what, what... we've talked we talked about it earlier this year. Who was it? Was it Connor Garland that just took a sucker punch right in the mouth? Yeah. Why didn't you call that? You're looking right at it. How is that not a penalty? Like, I just want an explanation as to why you think that that clear violation of the NHL rulebook was not a penalty. And, like, obviously we understand that refs, they do miss things. Like, things happen. It's a quick yeah. game. Human. Like, and, Human and, error. And that's things we We have no issue with that. Like, that's not the, the, the sticking point here. But, like, you know, if we're going to use the Victor Hedman, Connor Garland example, or sorry, Sergeyev. Sergeyev. He sucker punched him right in front of the ref, and the ref just went, "Oh well." That's that's the thing. That's exactly exactly <laughs> what you're saying is true. Things get missed. There is human error. We understand that. Not everything is going to be seen by the two two refs on the ice. I get that. But when you are directly looking at it, when the TV shows you with your eyes. On the incident that was, like I said, a clear violation of the rule book. Why did you not call that? Why did you not do your job there? I mean, you know what happens if I don't do my job? I get fired. So why aren't you getting fired when you don't do your job? That's the only question. The the Leafs Oilers games last night. It was Bunting and Kane literally wrestled each other from one end of the ice to the other. Like not even a joke. I know. And like, but nothing got called. And I, it should have been both, absolutely. Or, you know, you pick one, but nothing. They literally fought each other the entire length of the ice. And it's like, what, what were you watching, refs? Like, what, how did you not see that? Like, like those rules aren't up for interpretation. The rules are very, very black and white. Most of them. Some of them, I'll, I'll give you. They're, they're, there's a gray area. But most of the rules in the NHL rulebook are quite clear. That was 
a violation of those rules. Why is why is there no penalty? I don't I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what they're watching. I don't know who the fuck they think they are, and I don't know why they want to be heroes. But they do. So, what are you going to do? What else did you want to want to get to? You wanted to get to uh, the noise out of Philadelphia, which yeah. I touched on quickly on Top Shelf. If you listen to that, but we're going to talk about it here too. You get double trouble. So, because because I, I need to hear my voice talk about it because I'm an egomaniac. But the Flyers fired Chuck Fletcher, their GM, and brought in Danny Briere. He was serving as an assistant, uh, so he's the interim general manager for the rest of the season. Uh, Abe, I know you've already kind of talked about it, so just give us your give us your take here. Well, I think the thing for me is I don't understand the timing of it. I think that it would have been a move to make mid-season, summer, anything like that. And I think it's probably a reaction to... Chuck Fletcher's failed deadline because he had pieces that he did not move for assets that he should have moved. James Van Riemsdyk namely. Um, but what's the point of having a new GM after the trade deadline? Like it's that simple. The, the, what is he going to do? He's already like he was already working in an assistant GM role. So it's not like you're trying to familiarize him with the team. It's not like he's new. He's been around the team. He knows what's going on. Why are you doing like why not wait until the summer? I don't understand that. Yeah, just, yeah, absolutely baffling. Because, yeah, Briere has quite literally nothing to do right now. He can't exactly. sign players. He can't trade players. Like, you know, and, and as you mentioned, like, he's already in the system. So you're not, it's not like the, if let's just say if Montreal had done this with Hughes and Gort and Rio, let's give them, like, a couple months to get familiar. Like, no, like, he was in the, he was in the team. He was part of the organization. I I don't get it. I do think it was the right decision firing Fletcher. I think he was a terrible yeah. GM. Yeah, and yeah. I like I like Danny Briere too. I don't know what his managerial skills are, but I used to love him as a player. He was a very very good hockey player. Yeah, no, I think uh, he was one of the finalists for the GM job in Montreal. There was another one they mentioned that he was a finalist for. Uh, off the top of my head, I don't remember who recently hired a GM, but he's someone who's you know. I've been a candidate for now now for a couple of seasons uh and obviously obviously he's showing something that he's uh getting those opportunities yep. so yeah i'm excited to see what he does uh in philadelphia uh hopefully nothing too great because fuck him i don't like them but yeah for him and, personally i hope he does well yeah and like like we said i think we're we're but we're in agreement. it was the right move danny briere is probably going to do good things for that hockey team i just we were kind of lost on the timing i don't understand the timing like, even if they even if they had fired Fletcher like a week before the deadline and given Briere a week and the deadline, like that, that would have at sense. least make sense. Yeah. Hell, yeah. you could have yeah. fired you could have fired him on deadline day and brought in Briere on deadline day, and it still would have made more sense. Well, in the thing, they fired him less than less than a, like seven days after the deadline, which is just yeah. like what's going on here. I don't. Yeah, and it's obviously because they didn't like his deadline. Ownership was not happy with what Fletcher did. Chuck Fletcher, by the way, son of ex-Leafs executive Cliff Fletcher. Thank you, Dane Hanchero, for that information. We looked it up before the show, but never actually said it on Top Shelf, so that was fun. But, uh, yeah. I just... I don't know. I, I, I don't understand it. And it's that simple. I'll leave it at that. Yeah. All right. Um... Any other news uh, around the hockey world we need to talk about, Dave? Um, I don't think there's anything too crazy. Obviously, 
<coughs> the usual stuff. McDavid's from another planet. Um, he was kind of, he was, it wasn't the best last night, but other than that, he's been, he's been something else. Uh, the Boston Bruins are on pace to be the best hockey team of all time. So that's absolutely horrifying because we mentioned last episode, man, they just got better at the trade deadline and man, man, it's, it, it feels like everybody, everybody else in the NHL is just fighting a losing battle at this point. So, um, Ottawa went on a little bit of a heater there. They lost to Vancouver last night, but before that, I believe they were 12-3-0 in their 15 prior to that. So Ooh. they're looking good. They're making a push for that wild card spot in the East, and that would be interesting. That's a team I would not want to play in the playoffs just because they're a team that can be so hot. They can just get hot and steamroll you. They can put up 10 goals a night if they want to sometimes. So right now they're six points back of a wild card spot, but they do have, so they have the same amount of games played as the Penguins who are on 76 points. Uh, <laughs> and they have three games in hand on the Islanders who also have 76 points. So like that's doable for them, which is yeah. nice. Yeah. And do you know what? I'd like to see for wild card teams, just to change it up a little bit. I'd like to see them in Buffalo. I'd love to see it. I think that it would be so weird seeing playoffs without like Ovi and Crosby though. Like that would be so. It's a new era, man. I know, I know, but it's it's still weird. It's still weird. But yeah, no, I can't uh, argue with you. Actually, so you want you got Ottawa and Buffalo making wild card spots? That's what I, I'd like to see Ottawa and Buffalo make the wild card. Uh, I'm gonna go. I don't want to go boring and say Pittsburgh and Washington, but I think it's going to be Pittsburgh and Washington. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Wow. That, that is going to be a, a tight, tight race, though. Like I said, only six points between uh, the Penguins who are in the first wildcard spot and the – or sorry, it would be seven points the Sabres uh, are back from. So, like, it's definitely – that's going to be a hell of a race with, what, 15, 16 games left of the season? Yeah, it's it's chalking up to be exactly what the NHL is looking for, right? A nice tight playoff race going into the final few months of the season. It's fantastic to see. We're mid March here, man. We're we're getting there. It's almost time. It is I almost know. time. Like it does not feel like it, but are we gonna hit? So I get we're we're not gonna hit a hundred episodes until next year. Uh we might with playoffs. With, with playoffs, like I think if. If my math serves me right, if we keep up one a week for the rest of the season, uh, I think episode 100 might actually be the like the one of the last ones of the playoffs or the draft. Okay. So. Okay. That's interesting. I'm excited, man. I'm excited. It's a big time. It's a great time to be a hockey fan. Both conferences, like, obviously the East is just, a bloodbath, an absolute <laughs> bloodbath. And the West is maybe the teams aren't as good, but it's a close race too. And yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm looking at it right now. Like this is this could go. Yeah, this could go anyway in the West here. Holy hell! That's what I'm saying, man. <laughs> anybody could come out of the West. Seriously, anybody. It could be Colorado. It could be Vegas. It could be the Oilers. Like it could be Dallas. It could be L.A. 
the Oilers could potentially just not even make the playoffs at this point still, too. Like, holy fuck. Exactly. They could either win or they could not make it. How crazy is that? How tight it is over there. Yeah, I know. I know you guys talked about the uh, like the standings, the format for the playoffs uh, on top shelf, and like it just as much as I hate it, like it's this season is like the first season in a long time where there's actually been like a real good playoff race. It's uh, with it's this format, looking anyway. fun. There's there's a lot, especially in the East. There are a lot of good hockey teams, man. Oh yeah, like so. Oh, there's hold only, on a like, second here. There's only three the shit teams in the East right now. Pardon? I said there's only three shit teams in the East right now. It's Columbus, Montreal, and Philly. Yeah. Like, yeah. everyone else, like, if Detroit made the wildcard spot, like, you wouldn't be, like... I wouldn't be shocked, no. Yeah. Not at all. So, would Ottawa be in a playoff spot in the... No, they would not. They would not in the West. I was just looking. I was like, would Ottawa be in a playoff spot if they played in the Western Conference? But they would not. Anyway. Same spot. <laughs> do we have anything else that we need? Any other news that you can think of that we're forgetting about? Um, Nothing major, but I will say the NCAA season is starting to wind down. So don't be surprised yes. if you start seeing uh, drafted players, uh, or like eligible players, uh, signing their ELCs and making NHL debuts in the next couple weeks. Yeah, uh, Leaf fans, temper your expectations about Matthew Nice. I think he's going to be a very good hockey player, but he is not playing on the top line in the playoffs. And if you think he is, wake the fuck up. Come on. He's in college. Do he's you never think, played a game in the NHL before. Stop it. That's do you think enough. that when his season's over that he will make the jump right to the NHL or is he going to go another year in college? Or No, he, no he's going to make the jump to the NHL, but I think that people are way, way too excited about his him coming. Like, he's going to be, like, Connor McDavid or something. Like, you guys got to realize, like, yes, he won the Hobie Baker. So did Jimmy Vc. Jimmy Vc's not a good hockey player. Did you guys enjoy having Jimmy Vc Leafs fans? Is that a player that you remember and with you hold dear in your heart? No. So stop it. That's enough. <laughs> He's never played a game in the NHL. Matthew Nice has never played a game in the NHL. Take it down a notch. Seriously. And do you know where it comes from? It's because everybody thought he was NHL ready last year when he said he was going to go back to college. And he wasn't. But people thought he was. So now his expectations for this year are through the roof. And they don't need to be. Bring it down a notch, everybody. Seriously. That's all I have to say about college <laughs> players. Anyway. All right. So what are the least have for this week? This week is a very full week. After the two-game week we had last week, we got uh, the Sabres in town tomorrow, home game. The Avalanche in town on Wednesday. Um, the Canes in town on Friday. And then Saturday night, back-to-back games. Canes in town on Friday, Saturday night in Ottawa. So that should be, this is going to be a fun week for Leafs hockey. I'm excited. Very excited. The Habs ha- are hosting the Avalanche tomorrow, uh, and then going to Pittsburgh on Tuesday, to the Panthers on Thursday, and uh, the Lightning on Saturday. So the, uh, the competitive losing against top teams will hopefully uh, resume this week. 
<laughs> competitive losing. That's a hell of a phrase, man. Well, like, hell of a phrase. I know. I know you didn't watch the games, but like the Habs played really well. Like for for what they are right now, which is an injury riddled bad team, to push like the Rangers and uh, Hurricanes to shootouts. Uh, you know, a two or a three one loss to the Devils. Like it's competitive losing. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Well, I think that's all I have for the week. Katana, was there anything else that uh, you wanted to get off your chest? Uh, no, I think that is everything, Abe. All right. What, what are we at here? What have we been recording for, what, 25 minutes? About 28 right now. Okay, so we, we still cooked up a little episode. Two Leaf games, four Habs losses, and we still cooked up a half an hour. Look at us. <laughs> uh... All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you to the Game Entertainment and Media for hosting us on all your platforms. Uh, check us out on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, uh, thegamesportshow.ca, or .com. Is it .com? I think it's .com. .com. The, 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 link will be in the, the, the link will be in the description regardless. Yes, so you can find it there. Anyway, thank you for listening, everybody. We will catch you next week for episode 89 after a jam-packed Leafs week and some more competitive losing from the Habs. Thanks again.